Hi, this is Dave Coulier, and you're listening to P.F.'s Tape Recorder. Okay, let's rewind. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up... You know that old show business adage, break a leg? Well, comedian Shane Moss has some experience with that. I broke both of my feet, so I've been on, well, I was on crutches for um, about 10, um, 10 or 11 months, and, um, and I wrote an entire act around that. We are more from Shane in just a bit, uh, not only about the broken feet thing, but a lot of other hilarious stuff that's going on in his life. I think we have the hottest record in the world is coming from the vaccines at the end of the show. Yes, they've done it again. Always have a soft spot for the vaccines, as you know. News and notes at the end of the show as well. Uh, people concerned about the job hunt. I'll update you on that as well. I'm kind of surprised how many people have reached out. Uh, thank you very much. I'll give you a quick update on that as well. Fake news, of course, taking the summer off still, still on summer vacation but uh, we do have a dumb bit for you uh, involving Facebook and some people being upset with the Pope. Let's get to that. Time now for I Thought It Was Funny. Okay, so this is going to be a little uh, different version of I Thought It Was Funny. Normally, it's me coming up with just one line that I don't really have a, a bit I can build around, and it's usually actually not really funny. It's more of a smirk. But uh, it's a little different today. Um, a, a former colleague of mine on the Gary Burbank show, Mary Thomas Watts, uh, one of the comedy writers there, along with, uh, oh, I wrote with all kinds of funny people, Jim Probosco and John Bunyan and John Davies and uh, uh, Rob Irvin, who pulled me into the show. Anyway, all kinds of funny people, and uh, we're all still friends on Facebook. And, of course, as you know, there are a lot of folks out there that uh, a lot of cons uh, Catholics and, cons and even uh, uh, other uh, uh, Christians that aren't Catholic but are still very critical of the Pope. And even though they may have admired you know, the, the pontiff in the past and his predecessors, they're really upset with what he's had to say about being tolerant of gays and, and especially his remarks on capitalism. And, well, here's a guy that's upset. I disagree with His Holiness in two ways. First and foremost, capitalism, in my opinion, is a liberator. The free choice of millions of people is the essence of freedom. In my opinion, society benefits most when people are free to pursue their own self-interest. So that's Stuart Varney over at Fox Business News, and, and Stuart Varney is kind of a jerk. But he isn't actually entirely wrong or crazy, because we've had this discussion before, of course. And, of course, capitalism has done the most to bring people out of poverty and move people forward. Unfortunately... It, it, it could do better, I think, is what everybody uh, is saying on the critical side of it, including uh, His Holiness, is saying that, you know, yeah, it's, it's great. Of course, it's obviously better than communism or, in a, uh, or any other system you could think of. It just doesn't seem like it could do more, and it doesn't. I think that's all the Pope is really trying to say. But anyway, uh, long story short here, I'm on Facebook, and uh, Mary Thomas Watts, a uh, former uh, co-writer of mine over there at the Gary Burbank Show, she posted uh, a story that says Pope Francis' approval rating slumps sharply in U.S. Now, you know you can put a little status above when you share something, and she writes this line, and it is genius. Quote, if they think Francis rubs them the wrong way, wait till Jesus gets here. And, and I, and I thought it was funny. Because it really is. That's the funniest thing she has ever written, and I'm going to steal that line, and I'm going to give her credit, of course, but man, that is, this is one of the funniest things I have ever heard. 
This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Shane Moss is a stand-up comedian originally from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Boy, a lot of funny people come from that Wisconsin-Minnesota area. Anyway, he's a headlining comedian, uh, does clubs across the country. You may have seen him on the cable TV and on your late-night TV. Here now is our interview with Shane Moss. Okay, joining us on BF State Recorder, it's Shane Moss. Shane, how you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. I'm surprised we haven't spoken before because you've uh, performed in Cincinnati before, and uh, I know you're so good friends with all the folks that go bananas. But for some reason, we just have never had a chance to uh, to chat. It is a tragedy. It is. It is. So I know a little <laughs> bit about you, but uh, uh, let's marin this thing here and start from the beginning. Uh, where are you from, man? Well, I'm from Wisconsin originally. Oh, how funny. And Lacrosse, Wisconsin, so oh. not too far from Minneapolis. A lot of a lot of my old um high school classmates. I almost said high school friends and then huh. I remembered I didn't have any <laughs> back then. Um a lot of my old high school classmates are um in Minneapolis and everything and so it's always fun to go back because I run into a whole lot of people. Wow, that is a, a, a weird coincidence. The episode I was editing before I called you is the episode with Mary Mack, who is from Wisconsin. And we had a big discussion about all the folks that are from Wisconsin, uh, which you went on uh, Andy Smith, uh, Jackie Cation, uh, Pete Lee, uh, tons and tons of people from Wisconsin going into comedy in Minneapolis. It really? I didn't even realize that, I guess. And because I'm, I never, I didn't start um, in Wisconsin. I I wanted to get as far away um, from my home as possible. And I ended up in Boston. I was aiming mm. for either New York or L.A. And I had a friend moving to Boston. And it was just kind of um, easier to move with a buddy somewhere. And so I... I ended up in Boston um, in 2004 and uh, and then I and then I started comedy out there oh, yeah because Boston is a great comedy scene it has for a long time the, the aforementioned Mark Marin came from there uh, as well as who else came out of there I think uh, will Dennis Leary that whole class. was a real big guy uh, Stephen Wright Stephen Wright um, yeah Alingon Mitro more recently. Um, uh, yeah, all kinds of folks uh, in, in the Boston scene there. So, yeah, I think Paula Poundstone might have spent some time there before she moved to San Francisco, if memory serves. I think. That, yeah, I think Louis C.K. did. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well. Um, I, I know Stanhope is from Massachusetts. I'm not sure if he started there or not. So, when you left Wisconsin for Boston, was it with the notion of getting into stand up or just getting out of Wisconsin yep. and going somewhere? Okay. So you yeah yeah I, I wanted to be a stand up since I was like ten years old. Aha. Uh-huh. 
So watching yeah. stand-up comedians, or did you? Because I know some people, you know, they were and they're little. They watch stand-up comedians, but don't really know it's a job. Or they, some do know it's a job, and they say, "I want to do it." Where did you fall in that? What was your understanding of comedy at that age? Oh, and nothing at all. My, I, I made a buddy laugh one day, and he was like, "You should be a stand-up comedian." And I was like, "What's that?" And <laughs> he was like, "It's someone that stands on stage and makes a bunch of people laugh." And I was like, "Yeah." That's what I'm going to do. And I had that in my mind even before I ever even saw a stand-up comedian. So how long was it before you saw a stand-up and knew what he was talking um, about? I saw it so very shortly after that. I think I think we watched. I think I got it in my mind. I never told anybody that I wanted to be a stand-up. Um, and uh, so I kind of kept it a secret that I was... I, I come from a very practical Midwestern family, and so that was um, something that seemed pretty ridiculous to do for a living. So I never, yeah, I just I, I kept it to myself. But I, I think, um, I think shortly after that, I was like asking my friends if they knew where I could watch stand-up comedy. I was like. I was 10, so I, I didn't do drugs until I was like 15 or so. So <laughs> when I was 10, I was like, hey, do you know where I can score some <laughs> stand-up comedy? So what do your folks do for a living? Oh, my dad makes countertops. does his own business making countertops. Oh, okay. My mom is a, a manages receptionist at a clinic. Very practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're very wholesome Midwestern folk. Uh, yeah, they're 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 good people. Um, so uh, I I should tell you right now, just in case it takes over the conversation. Yes. Um, be, because if we get to this at the end, you might have all sorts of questions for me. It's something that you don't you may not know. Um, I actually. Um, a year ago, next Monday, I, um, I broke both of my feet. Oh no. And I, so I've been on, well, I was on crutches for, um, about 10, um, 10 or 11 months. And, um, and I wrote an entire act around that. And, um, and I have an album coming out about it. On, um, I'm not sure when listeners are listening to this, but it's coming out um, next Tuesday. Okay, that'll probably and, be a, um, month, a month ago. That'll be a month ago by the time this drops. And uh, interesting coincidence oh, okay. again. Uh, another website I write for out in Los Angeles called the Pop Culture Beast. Uh, our editor posted on the uh, Facebook page. That's how he gets in touch with us, and said Shane Moss has a new CD. Who wants to review it? And before I could get to it, another gal grabbed it. So it will be being reviewed for that site. Uh, I would say very soon. So and then I'll I'll email you the link to the website, and I'm sure it'll be on there in the next couple of days. Oh, awesome! Yeah, uh, yeah, very cool. Um, so so yeah. So when I'm in, in Minneapolis, I'll still have. I'm still on a cane, unfortunately. I was actually, I recorded the album um, in March. It was a pretty quick turnaround on yeah. putting it out. Um, uh, and I was hoping to ditch all of my material 
and and start a new hour, but I still have a cane, and so I still need to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, well, makes sense. <laughs> why I have a cane, and so I I may be working on now a second album of <laughs> break, one album per broken foot, um, which I'm hoping is not the case, and my foot will just get better soon. But I I have a feeling, um, it'll it'll be a bit. Um, a bit still. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up in case you felt like. Uh, uh, usually, usually when that gets brought up, people have all sorts of questions and, about and, it. So. And here we go. Uh, how did you break both? How did you break both your feet? <laughs> well, I um, I was in Sedona, Arizona, um, just visiting some friends, and we were going to go rock climbing, which I was. Um, very avid rock climber at the time and I was in the best shape of my life and um and uh, but there was these big fires there and and in the areas where we were going wanted to go climbing so we couldn't um we decided we were driving and just last minute kind of decided to go for a quick little hike around um some areas and and probably just frustrated because we we didn't get a chance to climb we were kind of like climbing around and jumping around off stuff and um, and whatnot, but I I just kind of misjudged the height of um, of something, and I I jumped off of this um, this cliff that I've jumped off much higher things, but the angle was weird and and I was wearing bad shoes and I broke both of my heels. Oh wow. Which um, is difficult to do. I, would I broke a heel back in um, when I was a teenager, and I, I, I was drunk. I jumped off the roof of a houseboat onto a dock after someone like pulled on my foot, which was dangling off of it. And I broke a heel then, and I went in and got an X-ray, and it was the first broken heel that the X-ray tech had seen in um, 20 years. And then. Um, in 20 years of working there, she had never seen one. And then when I broke both my heels this time, the x-ray tech had been working, uh, had been a tech for 10 years and had never seen a broken heel. And she got to see two. So that was a very exciting day for her. <laughs> Made her day. Yeah, whenever I break a heel, I just put on a different pair. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Um, terrible. Uh, I've only broken my collar. Uh, I... How how have I not heard that joke yet? Oh, I'm, I'm shocked. I thought cause... I've heard every joke yeah. imaginable about about breaking your heels and breaking your feet. There's a lot of like, hey, I hope your heels heal. There's a lot of that kind <laughs> yeah, of fun. Go. Do you feel like a heel um, for breaking your heel? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that action, but you got you got a fresh one out there. Thank you. Congratulations. Well, thank you very Yay! much. I hope yeah. you can edit in hey, like I, an applause break. I, I I might do that some some canned laughter which I'll borrow from uh, newsbusters <laughs> and uh, yeah there's hey, there's a reason I do open my comedy three times a year and now you now you know why. <laughs> so yeah, I've only ever broken my collarbone, so I've I'm always terrified I'm going to break something else. But I know it was when I was four, so I don't really remember doing it. I remember I had to have it in a a sling of some kind, and and then that got sorted, and then I was fine. But yeah, that's wow. How inconvenient. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so I've, I've broken. I haven't. This is by far the most serious injury that I've ever had um, by a long shot. 
it was because the so the the one was broken i, I mean the one was just like kind of cracked a little bit which is also what i did the first time and that's just it just kind of stay off of it for two to three months you know and and then uh after that it was a hundred percent but the other one um and this is my uh, my doctor's so i i have a, a podcast myself called here we are where i travel around um everywhere i go i talk to um scientists about oh, cool. um, basically the, the the meanings of life I guess um, and uh, it's a lot of like evolutionary psychology and biology stuff and some neuroscience stuff and just why we behave the way we do well anyhow I had my my surgeon my my second surgeon on um, on my podcast and he was explaining what happened to me and his words were, uh, he was talking about like the, the pressure of landing and everything in like this very academic way. And then he goes, and then what happened was your heel exploded. Oh my God. <laughs> that was, that was my own doctor's words about what happened. And so, so the left one, which is the one that I'm still having trouble with, um, just, uh, exploded and they um decided to have to do surgery and figure out um and and kind of they, they put a plate in and screwed it in just like they screwed the pieces back kind of where they hoped they would be one day they couldn't really like screw them back together because there was just like too much damage too much bone missing and everything and so they were just kind of hanging there um, for a long time. And that actually worked. All, all of the bones healed together um, perfectly. The surgeon, the original surgeon did a really nice job. Unfortunately, the surgery itself, and they told me this going in, that it was, they, they hate doing this particular surgery um, because there's just nothing but complications with it and mine was no different. So what happened? Sorry, that's a sip of coffee. Um, I, what happened was they, they went in, they put the hardware in and everything. And, and then they, they stitched my foot back together. Well, the stitches ran kind of, um, down my foot horizontally and then up my leg vertically. And then there's like a 90 degree kind of angle there. Well, there was so much pressure and everything in my foot. It was just exploding everywhere. And, um, it was just so huge. And so that the pressure actually ripped that corner open. So then, so, and then it kind of healed like that. And then there was a hole there, which needed, which they were just letting heal on its own. Naturally, they were debating whether to do a skin graft or not. They decided just to let it heal on its own. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I was managing it and everything. So this is May 25th of last year originally. And then the surgery was a few days afterwards. And then, um, come, I think it was like September or October. Um, I, 
I, I took three months off originally and had to, I couldn't care for myself or anything. So I ended up having to go back to lacrosse and live in my parents' basement. Oh my gosh. Um, for those three months, which was humbling. And then, um, I, uh, so so then I, I got back out on the road after that because my one foot was healed. So I was on crutches. I was able to get around on, on one foot. And then uh, the other one was still like swollen, but, you know, it was feeling like maybe it was getting better at the time. I was like, oh, I've got one more month. I'll be walking on it. Well, then it started swelling up again and it started being problematic. It turned out there was there was a bit of an infection in it. And so they were giving me oral antibiotics and then, and then, uh, giving me some other stuff to, uh, to treat the wound with and everything. And apparently that didn't work very well because in December I started getting fevers and, um, went back into the doctor and they're like, "Uh Oh, um, I think your hardware and your foot is probably infected. Um, so you got to go and get that out. And so I had to, uh, I mean, it was just such a nightmare situation. I was on, I was on the road at the time and I was, I was paying out of pocket for, for my post-op care in Wisconsin, just so I could get it there because my insurance is in California. And, um, and, and so, I, I mean, the surgeries and everything like that were all covered. Um, but, but then the, um, the other thing was, was that I, so, so I'm on the road. So then they had to do this emergency surgery, but I, but they wouldn't call it an emergency, even though they're like, you might have a bone infection and you might lose your foot, but you don't need the surgery. Like today you can get it done like within a couple weeks or whatever. And so they wouldn't call it an emergency, which meant I had to go back to California or it wouldn't be covered. So then I had to cancel a bunch of work. I, and I had to, I had my car, I was driving around the Midwest. I had all this work lined up perfectly so that I could just keep driving from gig to gig. Well, then I ended up having to drive from Cleveland to LA and which is like some 32 hour drive or something like that. And I had about 40 hours to do it in. And, um, and so so I, I drove back, which is insane when you look at your GPS and it's yeah. like, um, destination in one day, um, eight hours or whatever it was. Holy and then, um, I, I remember I stopped and, and slept for a couple hours and I got back in my car, um, and, and started driving again. And it was a straight shot back to LA from where I was at the, at the time. So it said next turn in 1250 miles. <laughs> oh my God. So uh, yeah, I was like, I'll take an, I'll keep an eye out for it. <laughs> so, uh, you, did you come up with a new hour because you had so much going on around the broken feet or because you had so much downtime, not being able to ground as much or was it kind of both? It, it was both. I mean, mostly like I, I didn't, I didn't 
as far as I was concerned, I didn't care to be writing jokes about my broken feet. I didn't, I didn't really care to be using my injury as inspiration. It was just kind of unavoidable because I was crutching out onto stage. Oh, yeah. And so I absolutely had to talk about why I was on crutch. I mean, at the time, to me, it was really just a pain in the ass. I was like, oh, I got to write jokes about these dumb crutches. It was, it uh, was, um, it, it was the hardest I've ever tried really to write material because uh, normally things come to me and I write sure. them down and then I work on them and, and, um, it, it's, it's pretty, um, uh, effortless, um, as, as far as, as far like I, I don't have to, I don't have to really focus. I, it's just when stuff comes to me, I, I write it out. But, um, but this one I was like, okay, all right. What's funny about broken feet, you know, that I had to, um, I, and then, and then the, then it just turned into a, a monster of itself. So then it kind of took over my whole act and turned into, um, roughly an out, hour of material which that's not even true actually what the other thing that had happened was before that so i was already getting set and ready I, before that i felt i was about six months away from recording an album i had written all of this stuff about um why we have negative emotions like why we evolve negative emotions and kind of the neuroscience behind it yeah and um and it, which that might sound a little confusing, but I guess you'll just have to hear the album. It, it comes, it's pretty clear on the album. Um, but so I, I was building this act kind of around that idea. Um, and I had some little personal stories here and there about like some embarrassing memories that haunted me and, and stuff that kind of helped explain, um, the the uh the content yeah but then i broke both of my feet and that that could not have fit better into into an act about um why we have um a negative emotion so and it was it was already kind of my act was already leaning toward kind of cutting down um self-help books and these inspirational tales okay and then and then I kind of ended up using, like, I, I, I then ended up writing jokes about, like, the 127 hours guy and, and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and just the idea of, of how, how we're all supposed to, like, when something bad happens to you, you're supposed to be real excited about it because this is an opportunity to learn and yeah. all this nonsense that they, uh, that they tell you whenever you go through something that no one wants to hear. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> when you're living in your parents' basement with two broken feet, <laughs> and, and people are, so you're going to get a lot of material out of this, which is the most annoying thing people will tell you. And then it turns out it's true. I, yeah. I did get a lot of <laughs> material. Well, it sounds like in a strange way, it. strange way, it really worked out for you. Um. Yeah. I mean, so it. it I mean, listen, as long as I make a hundred percent recovery, which I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, but if I make a hundred percent recovery, uh, I'll be like, okay, you know, that, that was, that was worth it. I got, you know, I, I got on, 
a, a lot of great podcasts and stuff telling uh, telling the story. And I I wrote an album. I'm maybe going to write a second album around <laughs> it. It was. I'll tell you, like it, you know, I haven't I haven't been. Yeah, in this interview, I haven't been like using jokes or anything. I'm just oh, talking no, yeah. about the experience. Yeah, but it has been incredibly interesting. More than anything else, I mean, I got a lot of good jokes about it. But more importantly for me, and and especially as someone who is going around talking with scientists about how the brain works, I really got some real hands-on experience with. Um, with the psychology of, of just what it's like to go through, um, you know, kind of a, a personal tragedy and then yeah. the recovery process. I mean, there were incredibly fascinating things that like one of the strangest things that I just could not believe. And I still can't, and I don't, I don't have any jokes about this or anything. Well, I, I not on my album anyway, but, um, but what, one of the strangest things, and most interesting things I thought was is the second that I landed, it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was horribly painful and every, I mean, I heard my feet break. Ooh. I heard it rattle all through my body and then, um, and, and bones crunching from inside of my ear. Um, sorry, you and listeners that are all cringing right now. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, but, here, so here's what's really strange. There was this one little part of my brain that had never felt better in my entire life. There was this weird, I mean, I'm talking the instant my feet broke, there was this part of my brain that was just like screaming like, I want to live! <laughs> and just had like this amazing outlook on life. And what's peculiar about that is if um, if it uh, is that I, I'm just, I'm not a guy that's real jazzed up about life in general. Like I could just take it or leave, but I just don't really care that much <laughs> about life. I don't, I don't like, I don't fear death. I'm not real. I'm not one of those uh, every day is a gift kind of people. Um, I, I have a hard time get, getting out of bed. I, the joke that I'm, I haven't tried this out on stage, but the joke that I've kind of been tinkering, tinkering around with just because it's absolutely true, um, is just the idea of, it happens to me all the time where I'll, I'll wake up in the, out of a nightmare in the morning, you know, like I, I was like, there was like clowns going to murder me or whatever it might be. I'll wake up out of a nightmare and be like, okay. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I'm not in prison or, you know, whatever the nightmare was. And then I'll, and then I'll like kind of become awake and be like taking in that I'm existing again. And I'm like, Oh, life. And then I'll go back to sleep. Like I'll go back going that I'm going back into that nightmare for such like I would rather take my chances with the murder clowns huh. than have to get up and like brush my teeth. So that so that's my that's my normal like every day. That's what every morning is like for me pretty much. And and so to go from that attitude 
to then uh, when I have like a pretty good life, like I have, uh, I have a dream job. I'm doing pretty well with it. I have, um, you know, I, I'm, I have lots of friends. I do well with women. I like, but by most standards, I have a pretty exceptionally good life. Um, I just don't necessarily feel that way, but it, it's strange to, it, it's strange to like measure your life, say, say a five out of 10 on a, on how good you feel about things. And then to go and break both of your feet, which objectively should take your life down a good two or three notches, you know, um, yep. it, like if you, if you were a robot and you were on the fence with life, and and you broke both of your legs you'd be like all right let's just let's shut it down <laughs> you know but uh, but because we've we've evolved to have all these mechanisms to keep us driving forward there was just this amazing like endorphin release which um you know uh, these I, I believe they're called beta endorphins which is uh, where we get a, a lot of our um uh pain pain suppressing endorphins and everything. And, um, and, and that's, that's what heroin and, and morphine are, are kind of mimicking yeah. is the, the, that's what they're, they're activating those exact same receptors, just, um, just artificially. And so, so it was like, I got a shot of heroin. Um, there, there was like a part of my brain that got a shot of heroin like the second that I landed and broke, broke my feet. And, um, and it was, and I'll, I think I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. Every, everything else, um, some of the memories that faded, uh, like I remember, I remember the first two weeks or so. Um, so it, you know, I was like zero weight bearing. My, my foot was, as I said, my bones were kind of floating there. They were screwed in, but it was, it was a very, very, very touch and go kind of state. I really had to be careful not to put any weight on my feet and everything else. Well, I would wake up, I would be having, um, nightmares where I was jumping and like I, I would have the nightmare of I, I would be seeing that image over and over again and I would wake up like landing on my feet like I would wake up kicking my feet um, and um, and I was worried that I was going to have those nightmares for the rest of my life but those those faded away um, fortunately but but that that feeling of like I want to live that that was it, it's it's strange that in a way that was there was a part of my brain that had never been so pumped about life um so so anyway there's all sorts of really really fascinating interesting things like that and um and it was i i it was it was just um it such a it, it, it's one thing to read about how the brain works. Um, and it's a, another thing to kind of experience some of these, um, processes. Like yeah. there's this guy, Oliver Sacks, who is, um, one of the more famous, um, neuroscientists and science writers out there. He, 
he wrote the book Awakenings, which um, oh yeah yeah, which, which the Robin Williams movie right. Um, but, so Robin Williams played him, and um, and uh, so 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 anyway, he he's a guy. He was a neuroscientist who he he wrote this book, um, The Mind's Eye, and another book, Hallucinations. Well, he was writing or he was studying all of this, the neuroscience of, of vision and, and how, how we perceive our visual field and what happens when you lose your sight and how um, blind people sometimes have these hallucinations and, and um, you know, because the visual system in their brain just will, will start up um, sometimes with a lack of stimulation it will just kind of fire up just to, just to keep healthy and they'll have hallucinations. Well, he studied all this stuff and then he um, underwent the surgery for a while and lost his vision. And so then he actually got to experience the stuff that he was studying and then he got his vision back and got to experience that, which he had also studied. And so he had this kind of first-hand account of all the stuff he was studying. And that is kind of how I felt too. I felt like I got kind of this first-hand account of all of the stuff that I, I knew on like an intellectual level um, or, or was, even if I didn't know at the time, I was very curious about on an intellectual level, but I had no real personal experience with. And so um, that was fascinating, you know, to, uh, to think about something like, um, like depression, like one of my, uh, just to uh, give you an example of, of, of kind of, because uh, it's a little hard to describe exactly um, what my album is like to people. I'll give you an example of, of one of the jokes, which will just connect to a lot of the things that I'm um, talking about. But, but it's about, I'm not going to do the joke, but just the gist of it is, um, is, you know, it was, it is about how depression, it seems, um, in a lot of cases, depression has many different, um, reasons for happening. And sometimes it's just a chemical imbalance and whatnot. But a lot of times it seems that it, in monkeys anyway, when monkeys show signs of depression, there's usually like a monkey lost a fight and it's meant to make them sit back and adjust um, their strategy a bit rather than just rushing back in and getting their ass kicked over and over again. It's this mechanism that makes you go, hold up. Let's think about what we did. Let's evaluate our strategy. Let's, let's think about a new strategy for the future. And, and kind of, and that's what the thinking is, uh, depression is about. And, and kind of my joke about that is that I spent three months in my parents' basement, which was incredibly depressing. But I didn't take antidepressants. You know why? Because maybe that's supposed to be depressing. Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe life's not supposed to be like. That makes sense. Oh, how am I doing? Well, just hanging out in my parents' basement with two broken feet, killing it right now. Yeah. No reason to adjust any future choices in my life. Yeah. Well, so that that's that's a very good example yeah. of what the album is about. Well, cool, man. Um, well, it sounds like a hoot. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing the album and uh, folks in Minneapolis seeing you. And then, of course, we'll see you down here in Cincinnati, I'm sure, sometime soon. Maybe even for uh, a yeah, we can make it I, I've been working with, um, with Go. I, I was actually, you know, I, I almost did a fill-in date for them oh, um, okay. about a month ago. Um, he, he reached out to me. I almost did that last minute. And 
but it just didn't work out between us. So we're working on something um, hopefully later in the year here. Okay, great. Well, we'll see you though. We'll get you here in Cincinnati as well. And, um, and uh, hopefully you get all, uh, all healed up and uh, we'll be ready. We'll be 100% uh, very soon. Absolutely. All right, um, man. And uh, thanks so much. This is this is really a lot of fun. This yes, is, this is fascinating um, stuff. I, I wish I wish all of my um, newspaper interviews were just a podcast instead, <laughs> because that makes well, things so much easier. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. Like some pe- the people I know really well, like Jimmy Pardo and uh, other people like that that I've talked to over the years. Greg Warren is another guy. Like, we just have a conversation, and then I go back and listen to it, and it's 30 minutes long, and there's nothing usable for, for print for the newspaper at all. <laughs> it's just us talking about music oh, or really? sports. Yeah, oh, so the better hilarious. I know the person. Well, I'm sure yeah. if those guys that you know well enough, you can at least oh, yeah. can manage, and you write something yeah. up just fine anyway. So. Exactly. Well, yeah, because this will be in print and online in City Pages, so you can look for it when you're up there in Minneapolis, and of course we'll find some stuff to use for uh, City uh, Beat down here in Cincinnati when you're here, too. That's wonderful. Thanks so much. All I right, really man. appreciate it. Okay, Shane. Thanks for taking the time today, buddy. Uh, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Shane Moss for being on the show. You can catch Shane in oh, all over Florida, really, for the next couple of weeks here, it looks like. Uh, August 3rd in Jacksonville. At, let me see, Rain Dogs, Tuesday, August 4th in Orlando at Back Booth. And then he's in Gainesville, Fort Myers. You just go to ShaneMoss.com, Shane Standard Spelling Moss, M-A-U-S-S, not M-O-S-S. Uh, but ShaneMoss.com, and you can find out where Shane is going to be and where you can catch his hilarity. And, okay, so the uh, the credits, of course, uh, like the podcast on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Uh, let me see. Oh, mu- uh, original music composed and performed by uh, John Ropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, let me see. Oh, the logo, of course, was created by Dan Coble. And let me see. I, I'm not sure if Dan and Megan's podcast is back up and running. Uh, they were going to expand it from talking about Arrow to talking about other uh, shows you can binge watch and follow. So I will keep you updated on that as I know more information. And let me see what else. Oh, next week, you want to tune in, kids. This is going to be a big one. Uh, special in-studio guest. It's, I've only, I think, had... This will be my second in-studio guest. I interviewed Gabe Kia at uh, Go Bananas. That was a remote. And, of course, we did the uh, comedy festival last year, which we may or may not do again this year. But uh, special guest, Jim Lenahan, one of the co-hosts from Dad Rock, the podcast over there on USA Today. Huh? How about that? He, and it turns out, oddly, big fan of the show. So we're going to talk to Jim about music and Dad Rock and all kinds of stuff like that. I also have a, a bit about uh, Mark Marin not making fun of Marin, uh, dissecting one of his jokes involving two of my favorite bands. It's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting look at uh, the, the assemblage of a, of a comedy premise and joke. So uh, you want to stay tuned for all of that. We are up now to the hottest record in the world. Oh, I promised you about the, the job search thing. That's right. Uh, people uh, have reached out and have been concerned. So started the new job. It is 50 miles away. It's an hour drive, which um, it's not a bad drive, actually. Uh, it's mostly freeway, and I get to listen to a lot of podcasts that way, so there's an advantage there. But, I mean, an hour is an hour. But uh, I, it, I like it whoa, so much better than the other job, even though I was doing kind of the same thing. And I'll explain it thusly. Uh, it's I'm working for now a company that uh, it specializes in uh, office products and, and school supplies. You might think to yourself, well, that doesn't really sound uh, you know, that exciting. And uh, well, I've used this company's products for years and years and years, so one, I have the connection there. And secondly, it isn't really about that. It's just about, you know, it's about the language. I, I write copy for them, uh, website, email, that kind of thing. And it's just, you know, being able to... You, 
put the words together for them and, and doing what they what they need to do. And at the other job, I was doing that and doing cool things like blog posts and helping. But at the end of the day, the ultimate goal in that job was something icky, which was, you know, getting people to take out payday loans. So, and even though it was a reputable company and they follow all the state regulations and, the, and they, it wasn't, it, it weren't, there weren't creeps or anything like that, still... <laughs> It was still payday loans. You, you you see where I'm going, right? So um, liking the new job a lot. Uh, I'm sure I'll get used to the drive. And like I said, I'll be able to catch up on uh, on, on my podcast as well. So just to update everybody there. That's where that situation is. We are now going to go to the hottest record in the world. Uh, of course, one of my favorite bands, The Vaccines. Their latest single is 2020. It is the hottest record in the world. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs>